everybody, and welcome to the Franchise Fluent Podcast, where we keep you fluent in all things franchising, small business, and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Austin Titus, and today we have two special guests. We have Zach and Dan with Franchise Playbook. How are you guys doing today, guys? Hey, doing good. Thanks for having us on. Great to have you guys. Super excited. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, We'll uh, start off, we just always kind of dive into it. Why don't each of you take turns kind of giving us a little bit of your background, because both of you have a background in the franchise world and in kind of different ways. And so, Zach, why don't we start with you? Why don't you give the listeners a little bit of your background? I've been in almost 10 years in, in franchising, all within a, a brand called Kitchen Solvers. Kitchen Solvers is a, I didn't start the brand, but it was kind of in a re-emerging uh, state when I when I started with them. So, uh, it was kind of fun taking a old legacy type of brand and kind of trying to bring some new life to it, kind of rebuilding the culture, building the processes. And so I got in there at a, at a pretty young age and kind of worked myself up, uh, started off as just a, a director of operations, understanding the cabinet industry and also franchising that were both new to me at that time and built that to a point where I then became the president of the company. While I was the, the president of the company, I also started uh, building a, a separate franchise company called Kitchen Wise. Ended up exiting out of that company about three years later uh, and sold it to another platform brand. And so and then, uh, as Kitchen Solvers was taking off, I spent a lot more time kind of really, really kind of rebringing new life to that, to that space and building it to what it is today. And so, uh, and that's when uh, Dan and I met and decided to uh, to start all over again and, and create a new company and start start franchising together. That's great, Dan. It was uh, it was pretty cool. Zach and I have known each other for a new number of years, but we were at a, a franchise conference springboard and we were we were chatting. And I had just my background in franchising. I started out in franchising in 2014 as a franchise and business broker and was successful at that. But in 2016, I launched a lead generation company generating leads for franchise consultants and, and franchisors. I ran that company from 2016 to May of 2022. So good amount of time and was fortunate enough to build that up to be pretty large and, and exited to private equity uh, May of last year. Took a little time off figured out what I was going to do next in franchising and being a franchisor seemed like the natural progression based on my background. But pretty quickly, I realized that I had no clue what I was doing being a franchisor. I knew how to run a company, knew how to find candidates. I had a feeling that I would be great at being a franchisor or, or, or good at it from my previous business kind of being similar to franchising. But Zach and I, we met up and said, hey, we both of our skill sets work really well together. So we started Franchise Playbook and Franchise Playbook's an incubator of dynamic franchise brands. We create, own, and operate brands in, in the home services space. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. We talk on, on this show, we talk specifically about certain brands. So why don't you guys give us a kind of an overview on the types of brands that you work with? I know you said home service, but I don't know if you can share any names with us or kind of dive into a couple of those different brands specifically. So when we launched Franchise Playbook, the goal was to marry operational ability with franchise development ability and finding great candidates. And so what our how our model works is we we acquire the brand, it comes under our control and and uh and we we rebrand as well. So uh Zach and I we looked at numerous opportunities in home services for our first brand from painting to roofing to many different areas and we we settled on restoration being just a great space. And so after settling on restoration, we looked at a couple almost 100 restoration businesses that were you know, potentially could be part of our, our portfolio. And we found the brand that we ended up doing the, the placement with or deal with 
and created Vona from there. And really the playbook for us, and Zach's going to have some great feedback on this, but the playbook for us was like, there's certain AUV, so it had to be you know over a million dollars in, in, in revenue, uh, a margin at a certain threshold that could sustain a royalty and still make a great investment for a franchisee. Non-skilled, la- like a non-licensed labor was important to us, an industry that was growing, and really an industry where lead generation was lacking because that's my skill set. So a business we can go into and deploy best practice lead generation tactics to help franchisees get customers in the door. There's also kind of an opportunity for us to kind of dig into, frankly, kind of a, a unsophisticated model and try to try to bring new technology, new operations, and also be able to figure out there's a way for us to kind of change the game a little bit. And so there's a couple of different avenues that we really thought were, were were key for us. One of them was down the technology and the innovation side of things. And the other one was in the cash flow model. And that's why uh, Voda is, is a cleaning and restoration company. And uh, it's kind of unique how we how we paired mostly floor cleaning. Uh, so carpet cleaning, tile and ground cleaning, and be able to then pair that with the restoration side of things. And there's different nuances to why we did that and, and, and uh, why that makes kind of a, a perfect business model in our eyes. You guys took the restoration and cleaning, kind of put it into one, goes together. Tell us a little bit about Voda. I know you said you took a brand, you rebranded it. How long was that company in in business for before you guys did that? Yeah, great question. Well, I always equate it to the movie, the founder of Michael Keaton. You know, the scene where he goes and he checks out McDonald's and he shows back up the next day in his car and they're like, who's this psycho that's in my parking lot? Uh, That was me. So there was this amazing... There was a brand in in, uh, in in Northern Virginia, and I was meeting with as many brands as I could. I'm a big face-to-face person. I believe in that. I know you share that mindset. So I said, hey, I'll drive down to D.C. I'm in New York. New, uh, New York. Take me about four and a half hours. We'll have lunch. I'll see your facility, and I'll drive home. And so I drove down. We had lunch, saw the facility, and I realized right then and there I wasn't leaving. So I stayed an extra night to make sure we had the time to talk, and I knew that was going to be the the brand for us. And so that was in October of 2022. We knew we were doing restoration and a little bit, a little bit risk, risky. We decided to start building the infrastructure for this business. Even though we hadn't signed a deal yet, we figured worst case, we'll pivot this toward the next restoration business if this falls through. So we started talking with the business in October. One of the things that really appealed to us was that I remember Zach and I late at night being reading the reviews my eyes were like black underneath them because I couldn't sleep because every review, there's over a thousand five-star Google reviews. And I was always taught if you're going to make an acquisition, that's important. So we fell in love with the business. They started in 2009. What was fascinating to me was the founder moved here from Serbia in 2004 and you know, basically like did odd jobs. He was a lifeguard. He worked in a nightclub. And then he eventually got into the carpet cleaning business with a previous partner and like ended up building this empire with multiple trucks and beautiful life that he's built from 2009 until until today, so 14 years later. So we felt like this business really created an amazing way to provide service to customers. And that's really the unique selling proposition that we saw. And then from a branding perspective, we felt like if we could take that, but create a brand that would resonate in the minds and hearts of the consumer of today, guys like us that own homes and businesses, we could really disrupt a fragmented market. And that's how the Voda brand started. That's great. And the reviews thing, I talked about that actually on the last podcast of the podcast before, but we were talking about reviews in the home service industry and how important that is. Because what does everyone do when they're looking for a home service? They, they Google it or they go on Yelp or whatever it is. They're checking the reviews. 
and they're or automatically just knocking out the ones that don't have good reviews without even calling them or looking at them. And so reviews in that space are huge. And then we talked a layer deeper, you know, how important the reviews are for your franchisees. Once the franchisees get up and running and how important it is for them to get good reviews early on, because it could completely kill a business if they don't get good reviews early on. What is the vision with, with Voda? And, you know, where are you guys at today? You know, what are your plans for the rest of this year going into, you know, 2024 as well? What do you guys think? We want to take a boat and, and, and be able to kind of start getting into the industry and making a difference um, with the with the, with the homeowners in, in mind. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity to kind of really dig into this industry and understand it inside and out and provide something that's different than everybody else. And I think if you talk to a lot of restoration guys as well, there is kind of like this general sense of, of trying to bring more people to the industry, but are, that are doing it the right way. And uh, that's what we really want to do. But we want to be able to scale this business with with the right candidates in in mind and and do that uh, fairly quickly. But again, with strategy behind it and making sure that this is done the the right way again. You know, I think that like from a cultural standpoint, Austin, like we're we're trying to build a similar culture that you you and your family have built. We're very much in in this in this mindset of building something for the long term and sustainable. Zach and I want to build something that we can we can even pass on maybe generationally. I look at like for us, our only investors are are us and the franchisees, right? Like that's our that's our our investors. And nothing wrong with other opportunities, but for us, there's a lot of heart and and behind this. And so like we're not the biggest, but we also have a lot of experience behind us. And so we're finding franchisees that are resonating with this idea of being part of something on the ground level and being part of a system that they can get in and be kind of part of that. I don't like, you know, I heard, I heard, uh, I forget who said this, but the term family is, I, I don't like the word we're a family because a family, you can't leave your family and you can't get rid of your family. And so the family is probably not the right word. You have your family. That's your family. We're a high performing sports team where obviously you have to perform to stay on the team, but the team cares about each other and we push each other. We care, you know, so I, I look at us like a sports team that you get in. And, and build with, but maybe we're going to be that next MVP team that you got on early and win some Super Bowls. And from a, from a, from a vision standpoint with Voda, you know, from a franchisee standpoint, we really want to build something where they can grow within the system. When we have other brands, maybe they're a multi-brand franchisee, or maybe they just see an opportunity to do another franchise that complements the Voda system. From the consumer side, we really want to raise the bar. I don't know how much you know about restoration, but there's a lot of times that restoration's done. It's it's done quickly. You're left unhappy. We want to make people a little bit more happy. I think it's really cool that we're there during a time of need when people have this emergency. I actually just had it the other day, unfortunately. And it's nice to know that like you're, you have someone just come and like make that a little bit easier for, for someone. Something to be said about you know coming in during a, a time of need for somebody and being able to offer not just the, the, the service that you offer, but above and beyond means a lot to people in that, that regard. Do you guys have your eyes on any other industries right now, or are you focused on Voda right now and building that first? The thesis for Franchise Playbook and what separates us from other great home service platforms is, is still somewhat being developed. We want to we want to do something separate from the other great platforms out there to create our own unique uh, proposition. Uh, what we do know is that the next brand we do is going to complement the brand that we're in, right? So something that feeds the funnel. Our eyes are on the ball with Voda right now. So our goal is to have 10 brands in 10 years. But I always say that we may have three in one year when we're much, much more established. And like how bought in we are is crazy. Like I just wrapped my own car in the Voda 
Voda branding, like we're, we live Voda. And so for right now, we're, we're so focused here. We have someone on our team that kind of handles the, the due diligence and looking at opportunities, but probably something in, um, that'll complement you know, restoration. And it goes, you know, once you guys have the systems and the processes in place and you've built that, you know, that ecosystem within, adding brands is not always as difficult as it may seem. You know, I've talked to a lot of multi-brand franchisors and it's almost like, you know, having the second one is the hardest, but then the third, the fourth, and the fifth are, are not as hard. Or you guys could be on your second brand in year eight, still hit your goal of having 10 brands in 10 years. It just works like that. You know, with yeah. all the multi-brand franchisors that I've had conversations with, that's, that's basically the feedback that I get. And, and from our own experiences there as well. It's into like what we call the, the franchise playbook. And it is the, there's an operations playbook, there's a sales playbook. And be able to take those different playbooks and, and what's kind of focusing on that home services and, and something that is more mobile, uh, not necessarily dealing with the brick and mortar side of things. Uh, we're able to take that playbook and, and implement it across multiple industries. And so what you're saying is exactly correct, is that once we will hit the hit, hit our goals with this first brand, brand two, three, four, and, and on, or we'll just be easier and easier and we'll have the system proven out. It's funny you say this, Austin. It's a great conversation because I say the same thing to franchisees. Sometimes the work you're doing this year doesn't feel like it's paying you, but it'll, it will come, right? And like, I remember my previous business, it was great business and I did well, but I at times felt like I wasn't making as much as I felt like I could and that I deserved, right? And and it's funny because after my exit and launching this business, things have been moving at a pace that feels almost like beyond me. Like something's, you know, why is this moving? So I'm not saying there's not lots of challenges in any business, but why is this moving smoothly? And I believe at my, in my heart that everyone on our team, Zach, the rest of our leadership team, the founder of the business have all worked so hard. And maybe those 10 years we worked hard, it's compounding now. And you're right. If we work really hard now, it may not, the benefits come five, 10 years from now, but they do come. Sometimes they're just delayed. And uh, I'm, I'm big on that. We tell our franchisees the same thing. Why are we in a rush? Instead of building a business as fast as you can, what if, what if you worked as hard as you just worked for your boss for two years? What if you do that same thing for you? Or what if you work even harder? Like, I don't know if you go through that, but people want to join a business and they want to work less. And it's like, you already worked your ass off for 30 years. Why don't you just work a little bit harder for two more years? Then you have control of your future forever. Why does it have to everything happen today once you start your business? Why wouldn't you work harder for yourself? We hear the stories over and over and over again of any of the wealthiest people in the world right now who went years and years or even decades of being broke or barely making it. And then it's that 10th or that 15th year that they 100x the business and really take it to the next level. It's the same. It's the same with a small business or with a franchise or with the franchisor. You know, it's uh, the same exact thing. It's just got to keep it at, you got to keep at it. We have, you know, I talk to, you know, businesses all the time and, and with businesses that we've had as well, you know, and it's been year five and we're still, you know, losing money, but on year eight, it's one of the biggest brands that we have, you know, it's just get over that hump of grinding it out and, and staying the course. You know, you have a good product, you know, you have a good service, just keep at it and, and keep your customers happy. Well, there's a term that gets thrown around quite a bit when they're, when people are trying to find the right, the perfect candidate and that word's grit. And you're starting to hear that word over and over again. And and I think, but but when you really boil it down to what that word actually means and, and who has grit and who doesn't, it's like an easy term for people to just kind of throw on their shoulders and be like, yeah, I, I have grit. Like I'm willing to put in a good eight to five. It's like, no, 
you're not putting in an eight to five, you're putting in an eight to eight and you know exactly what you need to do. Maybe there's nights you're not sleeping and whatever else, but when, when you're not getting leads, for example, what, what are you going to do to get leads? Like you have the whole support of the franchise system. Everything should be there, but if things aren't going hundred percent the way that you are, what are you going to do differently in your market to go out and, and, and make it work right? And that type of mentality and that type of person we'll just start salvating and drooling over those types of people to get into our system because that's what we're looking for because that's who we are. And, and, and people getting into our system, they're going to get that same support that night and day, 24-7, just grinding it out, trying to make people successful. But we need, we need to find candidates that are, are doing the same exact thing as we are. Absolutely. The cultural fit is really important, you know, especially early on in a franchise company. You know, you need to make sure those first 10 franchisees are perfect cultural fit. I shouldn't say perfect, but great cultural fit. They match the brand. They, they love the brand. They're completely 100% all in. And, and that's extremely important for emerging brands. I'm going to change the subject a little bit, you know, stay on Voda. But, and we talked about it briefly, but let's talk about Voda from a, a consumer standpoint. You know, you guys talked about how, you know, your goal was to take a business that's, you know, a proven business, maybe a little bit more old school and bring some technology into it, flip the script a little bit with the industry. What are you guys doing and, and focused on from a, from a consumer's point of view to really make Voda stand out strongly? So it, it starts with, uh, so new franchise, new to the market. And it's really going to start with us uh, establishing our brand name with the consumer through a lot of our cleaning services. Again, cleaning services being carpet cleaning, tile and floor, uh, or tile and uh, uh, grout, uh, hardwood floor cleaning, laminate cleaning, all that type of stuff. And so us getting into the home, it's easy for us to get leads and, and to generate business that way. And so they're getting that first really good experience from the first time they call our call center to be super dialed in there, to getting out to the home. Everybody's got nice clean shirts on, the, the customer service is top notch, and we're, we're taking care of the homes. And we're, and we're, we're just, again, brand building. We're getting, getting a name out there. Then when disaster strikes, and most people either don't know who to call, most commercial businesses don't know who to call when disaster strikes. And we want that our name, Voda, to be the first ones that they, that they think of. And so by doing this, they're, they're, they're calling out, they're reaching out to Voda, getting us to come out to their home and take care of them just like we did the first time around. And now they're not having to deal with the insurance company, just you know, sending out the first company that's going to give them the lowest bid. And so if we're able to take control of that, that situation, we're able to very, very easily calm the situation down, let the consumer know that we've done this before, we know what we're doing, and we're going to control the, the situation. And then we're also going to educate them throughout the entire insurance process as well. Most people don't know, I uh, just recently went through it and had some hail damage on my, on my roof. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Who, who do I call? And in the roof, the roof that came out, he said, hey, this is who we're going to call. We're going to deal with the insurance company for you. And so we're doing the exact same thing for if if uh, there's a, a small basement flood, uh, or there's you know uh, your your kid accidentally shoved their stuffed animal down the toilet, and now the the toilet's overflowing. You didn't find it for two days. Those are the types of calls that we're that we're going to be getting and be able to take care of it for you. And no, I'm not speaking from experience on that. <laughs> I, I was wondering if that was from experience. That was such a specific. <laughs> It's going to happen. I know it will. <laughs> <laughs> and to, to piggyback on that, you know, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but this this, this obsession over the customer experience is, is really where I think we, we thrive. You know, Starbucks doesn't sell coffee. They sell an experience. This idea that what we loved about 
the original fa- uh, flagship business and the reason they had over a thousand five-star reviews was because they did the job so well, but when they didn't, they fixed it. And so what we do is we call the customer every time the next day and we say, you know, how was the job? And then if there's any inclination of it not being great, not always the other people asking for you to come back. They're just giving feedback, but they show, we show up at the door to fix it. And they go, wow, I didn't, I wasn't giving you that feedback to do that, but you came back anyway and fixed it. And so like this commitment to making things right when they don't go right is, is important too. And then I think, you know, candidly, the, the brand, like the Voda branding, we invested a lot of capital and uh, utilized a, a national agency that's worked with companies like Target, Patagonia, Lowe's to create a brand that would stand out in the minds and hearts of the average consumer based on psychographic and demographic data. And so if you look at the Voda brand on Zach's shirt there, and, and overall, like it's this fun, playful brand, but it inspires a new level of clean and it inspires a new level of, of service. Um, and we're committed to that. We have a national call center that answers the phone immediately. We have processes on how we send technicians to the home. And through Zach's leadership of the operations team and, and the franchisees you know, uh, in the future, it's this commitment to every detail matters. And I think that's what really resonates, especially on the commercial side, Austin. Like if you if you get a commercial job and you show up and you don't read the MSA and you don't do the right way and you go through the front door instead of the back door, those property managers, they're not going to tell most businesses. They're just not going to call anyone. They're not going to call up and say, hey, you, you guys didn't follow the MSA. So we're, we're really upset. They're just not going to call you again. They're going to go to the next company. And so we realized that the devil's in the details and we're not going to always get the feedback on what we did wrong. And so we have to treat these commercial accounts at the highest caliber. Absolutely. Zach, when you were talking, you brought up a, a, a point that I wanted to kind of dive into. It's insurance. And so insurance in this industry, does that, how do you guys work with that? Does that pay for the services as well? Sometimes. Yeah, the, the majority of, uh, of of your water mitigation and some of your uh, restoration work is all is all paid through insurance. And and the way we we try to navigate this, and we it'll take some time, but we want to be the first ones that the the homeowner calls. And so that does allow us to kind of have the leverage and also the facilitation of that of of that whole insurance game, be able to kind of coach the the uh, consumer on how to how to deal with them. But uh, we 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 are trying to avoid doing a lot of the insurance work with the insurance co- company is calling you directly. And so we're trying to get ahead of the game by, by utilizing our cleaning services. But it is from a, from a, a cash flow standpoint, and this is something I touched on earlier is that we want to get the cleaning side of the business to a point where like it's paying the bills. And so you consistently have that work and then you can book that work out two, three weeks out in advance. And you, you kind of know where that's coming from. Then you have the kind of ups and downs of the restoration work where there's more profit margin. And that's kind of where the business is really going to take you into the, the financial freedom that a lot of our candidates are looking for. But until you get to that point, there is going to be some 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 rocky hills that you got to overcome. And so uh, you have the, the the bill payer and the carpet cleaning, you have the restoration, which is the, the end goal. And between the two services, you're able to, to kind of achieve that earlier than do than just strictly focusing on TPA work and insurance work and all that type of stuff through restoration. The cleaning services are really the, the recurring revenue pieces for the franchisees. And the restoration services are really the one-offs. And your guys' goal is that your cleaning service clients will think of you first when disaster strikes. Yeah. So that's, that's the cycle right there. It's, it's also kind of focused on the whole like healthy home living. So you got the cleaning, but then we also have air duct cleaning and mold cleaning. And, and so there's other things we can kind of get into. And so we're just, again, just 
anything that revolves around that healthy air quality living side of things. And then again, like you said, desires to strikes and they know who exactly to call, which I, I think if, I mean, uh, me personally, I don't, I don't have, I didn't have a restoration company that I was going to call until uh, now I have Voda, but <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't something that was top of mind uh, and it should be for a lot of people. No, the last thing I was going to add is like, you know, a lot of the restoration work comes from property managers and plumbers. And that's where we're focused, which is a little bit different than some companies. Insurance is great, but they they make, they make cut down on the margin. They dictate how you do things. And what's great about what we do is we focus on the water mitigation, which frankly, insurance is most lenient on paying. It's an average ticket of an R item 19, about $2,700. Average ticket insurance is more likely to pay, easier to pay it because it's equipment. They understand what a water damage case takes versus reconstruction, which can be a little bit ambiguous based on labor hours, et cetera. But what we found that when you have a basement flood, or especially with commercial, you call your plumber first to fix the issue. And then the plumber recommends a restoration company. So we're focused on the property managers and the plumbers to get a lot of the restoration work, as well as our consumers that buy the cleaning services. And so, you know, lastly, guys, you guys uh, have anything that you want to share with the audience, the listeners today that we didn't talk about? I think yeah. one thing is that like we, well, this is a, a it's a brand new brand, uh, brand new branding, new systems. But the 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 people that we have in place, uh, we have over fifty years of franchising experience uh, within franchising uh, on the, the lead generation side of things. We're very heavily involved on that side of things, and then also on the franchisee support. Uh, we've supported hundreds of franchises. Um, and so this is kind of like we're taking the, the best of both worlds and we're able to kind of solidify and create Voda for our number 50 years of experience and be able to start from ground zero, but already start light years ahead of where a lot of other uh, brand new franchises are, are started. And so this is something that we are definitely going to leverage uh, with our experience in creating the best systems from, from again, ground zero. My only th- I say this a bit facetiously, but I'm serious. When people are looking at Voda, I say to them, you know, I look, Zach and I looked at dozens of industries, do a vote. If you're not going to do vote, do restoration. Like it's a great space to consider. If you're interested in something, maybe it's not like the sexiest business. I never thought I'd be in restoration, but I've, I've fallen in love with it because it is cool. It is, there's something about going to an emergency and your GM could be the person that's like going there physically, but like you're chasing this, this feeling of, of saving the day. You're an emergency service in a sense. And I think that's pretty cool to be there for people during the time of need. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really cool business. I've I've met with a bunch of different, you know, service brands and I have met with handfuls of of restoration businesses as well and you know what you guys are doing is definitely unique. I'm excited to see where you guys take it over the next couple of years and if if the people that are listening to this show want to find you guys, how can they connect with you guys? What's your guys website? Yeah, check out uh, myvotafranchise.com. Uh, there's also a, a number of podcasts out there, LinkedIn, find, find Zach Nolte or Dan Claps on, uh, on LinkedIn. And there's a bunch of content being pushed out, um, a lot of other podcasts and, and, and articles being written and all that fun stuff. So uh, we seem to be a little bit everywhere. Awesome, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. I uh, really appreciate it. And to all the listeners out there, please go out and follow us uh, at Franchise Fluent. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. And go check out Voda and, you know, really appreciate it. Zach and Dan from Voda uh, being guests with us here on the Franchise Fluent Podcast. All right. Thanks, everybody. See ya.
Media Production.